Cricket Last Stories with me, Neil Kagram, and today we're joined by Anthony McGrath. Anthony, really appreciate your time today. No problem. Um, so let's take it all the way back. Born in Bradford, was cricket always a passion of yours? Yeah, I come from quite a sporty family, so um, my two brothers played um, local clubs, so I didn't have much choice. I were up there watching them, and uh, particularly my middle brother, Dermot, he played a lot of cricket, so I spent my early years with mum and dad watching Dermot and then um, really got the cricketing bug from probably five or six years old and from there you know I always tended to be to be playing particularly in the summer. So what was your local club back home? Uh, Bankfoot uh, which plays in the Bradford League. Um, started actually at a, a club next to my house called Muffield but Bradford, the, the Bradford League's probably the higher of the standards so I kind of went up there and um, played for the under 12s from six years old. So your brother Damon I believe, your younger brother, played rugby league? My eldest brother. So he's the eldest yeah, brother, sorry. Yeah, so he played um, rugby league, that's right, and then he went into coaching, he's still coaching now, he's coaching sevens. That never took your fancy? No, too soft for rugby. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my my other brother Dermot and Damien both played football as well. Um, Damien, as you say, got into rugby, but I tended to play more, more cricket and football as well. Um, so rugby was more watching for me rather than playing. <laughs> And in terms of your talent being spotted by Yorkshire, um, at what, what age level did you get picked? Did you go through the kind of the trials that you set up? Yeah, um, I played for Bradford Boys, Bradford Schools, and then got invited to Yorkshire Trials. So I think uh, Yorkshire under 13s was probably the first, so going to trials there, 11 or 12, um, and got picked there through the school system. And then you made your debut uh, for Yorkshire in 1995. Yeah. How old right. were you then? Uh, 18, I think I was then. Proud moment? Yeah, and it was actually at Bradford Park Avenue, so in my home city. Uh, Yorkshire don't play there anymore, but I remember that being a, uh, a really proud day, especially for family and friends who all came down to watch. Uh, probably came a little bit sooner than expected. I think there were an injury and I've been in good form in the second team, so I got um, put into the team. Um, and I think I played about four or five games that year. And um, I said your form must have been good because a year later um, you got picked for England A, um, captain by Nasser Hussein. True. Um, how was that in terms of kind of at the age of 19 you get a representative honours? Um, do you feel you were ready at the time? Um, I think in there, going back to them days, they always picked a couple of surprise younger players. I think myself and. Um, well, that, that, my first one was Pakistan, but the year later we went to Australia and I think O.S. Shah was one of the younger batters played with Michael Vaughan. But the Pakistan tour, which NASA captained, uh, it was a surprise, as you say, because I'd, I'd only played five first-class games. So I remember getting the call saying I was going out to Pakistan. Um, I didn't really know most of the players. Um, I only knew Craig White and Richard Stemp, who played for Yorkshire. So I was a little bit nervous going. Uh, how were I going to fit in, how were I going to cope, but it was a great experience, you know, to tour Pakistan. Um, you know, played all, all over the country over there and, and the players we played with, as you say, Nasser Hussain, Ronnie Irani, uh, Jason Gallian, Tim Munt and a lot of players who'd, who'd got international experience, so it was a, a really good tour for me. And a word on Nasser, was he a natural captain back then? Yeah, I mean, that, um, Nasser was obviously at that point, you know, very experienced player, um, but he had a, um, 
you know, great deal of authority. Uh, I always found you know Nasser really good to play play for. You knew where you stood with him. Uh, he could be pretty blunt at times, but very fair. Um, and for someone who was young, you know, he was really good with me. He was he was a good captain. And then back home um, in the Yorkshire side, that period between you know '96 and the early 2000s, how do you think the your form went? It was tough, really. Um, I had a good first couple of years and then I really struggled um, for consistency um, as you say I played a couple of had a couple of tours with England Air but my Yorkshire form struggled I could really find a, a position in the batting order where I, I were getting consistent runs um, particularly late 90s I were in and out of the team a little bit so struggled for form um, so it was a bit of a difficult time but I think that served me well certainly for the early 2000s, the rest of my career, because I, I really then found some consistency. So did you um, see yourself as a batsman or an all-rounder? Batsman. I asked the question because in 2002, I know you got picked for England in 2003, yeah. but a year before that, you actually, I was reading some statistics that um, you had the best average uh, bowling-wise um, in the Yorkshire side. Uh, yeah. I, is it something you were just continue working on just honing your skills and that just yeah happened. it's probably because I were in and out of the team and I probably spent quite a lot of time practicing it's not something I've, I really did as a, a youngster bowl but I um, bowled in the nets and then just got a chance in a game really and managed to take a couple of wickets and yeah I think the bowling kind of came at a nice time because it, it just gave me a little bit of took a bit of pressure off the batting in particular um, and Probably from that stage, 2002 onwards, you know, kind of came on and were a, a partnership breaker, really. Just gave the main bowlers a bit of a breather, and I managed to pick up some important wickets. And then in 2003, you got made captain of Yorkshire. Um, touching on that to start with, um, a surprise, an honour, something that you actually had ambitions for? Or? Uh, uh, yeah, it came again a little bit early. I think I was 27. Uh, there was quite a few changes at the club going on. Um, I think I'd had a good couple of seasons. Um, that, what do you mean change? Was it when that Darren Lehman was moving out? Or, uh, or David Bias left, who'd been captain for a long time. The club was going through a bit of a change. Uh, Colin Graves came in and bought the club. Um, so it changed kind of from a uh, you know committee-based run club. So there were quite a lot of off-field changes um, and on-field changes. We had a, an influx of, of different players. Um, so. Again, it was a great honour to be captain, especially at a youngest age. Um, but really, that year I then got picked for England, so I wasn't yeah. around too much. Um, so um, it was kind of obviously great to get picked for England and something that I had a, an ambition to do. But the captaincy kind of took a, a back step because I wasn't really there. And then when the call came that you've been picked for England, how did it make you feel? Amazing, really. To be honest, when I got the call, I thought it was a bit of a joke. I thought it was one of the guys, you know, playing a prank and winding me up. But I think it was David Graveney who called. We were playing at Northampton and we were rained off, actually. And I got a call to say I'd been picked in uh, for the first test against Zimbabwe. So At Lords. At Lords as well. Um, so, uh, and captain by Nasser as well. Nasser was yeah. still captain. So, um, I remember travelling down with Michael Vaughan, actually, for the first test. And just really an exciting week, you know, the build-up, you've always wanted to play for your country. Uh, home of cricket, as we've mentioned, Lords, it was just a, a very special week and uh, it just seemed an age till the game kind of came. Uh, you know, it was on the Thursday, I think, we started and it just seemed to take an eternity for the game to start. So, um, yeah. But really, uh, 
you know, special time. And you performed as well. You got a 50 on your debut, three wickets in, yeah. in six overs, I believe. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, 69, I think I got first yeah. innings. Um, we won the game, which is always the most important. So um, it was a pleasing start, really. Um, then on to the next game. You got, another, yeah, you got another 50, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd started pretty well, um, you know, and I, and I felt as though, you know, I kind of could do it at, at that yeah. level. Um, I want to say, that getting those early scores, did it instill belief in yourself? Yeah, definitely. That you could perform at that level? Yeah, I think the only disappointment was, I think 69 and 80 odd in my first two innings was not going and, and getting a big 100, really, which would probably bought me a little bit more time in the team. Um, so that that was slightly disappointing, but I still felt in the you know first couple of innings that I'd you know equipped myself quite well. And then having performed in the first two games, do you feel you you deserved a longer run in the side? You got the next two Test matches against South Africa. Yeah. But um, it can happen to any batsman. A couple of low scores, and you find yourself out of the, out of the team. Yeah, I think the first Test against South Africa got thirty odd and. Um, wasn't playing too bad and then it was the last test lords would we got bowled out cheaply in the first inning south africa got a big score and then we we lost quite easily in the end so you know at the time i felt it was quite harshly treated yeah how do you make you feel was that was a time again when the england captaincy Changed, was changing yeah. hands yeah so do you think that had a little part to play in it or was it do you just look at yourself uh no just look at yourself really i, I mean Obviously, South Africa were a better team than Zimbabwe, so you know, I guess people were looking at that. Um, but I felt at the time, you know, only four tests, I think five innings. I didn't bat both, both times against um, Zimbabwe. Um, I felt I deserved probably more than five innings to, to show what I could do. But as you know, in sport, it's about selectors' opinions and, and so on, and they decided to go with, with someone else. And from there, it was just a matter of trying to keep my form good with Yorkshire and hopefully get back in there but um, you know it, it wasn't to be. In parallel you also did play 14 one-day internationals for England. Um, in terms of um, what was a better suit for yourself? The, the longer form of the game? Yeah I think so I mean I, I don't think I'd argue about being left out of the one-day side. I played as you say 14 times. I've got prob- one half century. Yeah I didn't really find a place in the batting order. Um, you know, other players were playing well. Uh, I batted ranging from, I think, three up to like seven. Um, and it never really came in the one day. So I, d- I didn't really have a, uh, you know, too much of a, uh, a worry about being left out there. I should have performed better with the chances I had. But I think on the flip side, the test side, I, I could have made an argument for, look, I've only batted five times and averaging 40 or whatever it was, you know, give me a few more tests. But but um, so I, th- I think test cricket probably suited me more than the one days. As you said, um, you must have also then had a burning ambition to get back into the team. So you've gone away to Yorkshire. You had a very fruitful uh, season in 2006. Scored, mm. um, I think, over a thousand championship runs. You didn't. The call never came again. Um, was, there was communication had between the captain, England captains, the selectors with yourself? No, not really. I mean, I think when when you kind of left out, um, you know, to get back in, 
it's a kind of unwritten rule you just get as many runs or wickets as you can and then hopefully you catch the selectors eye so that I didn't really get any communication from the England selectors but I think at that at that stage 2005 six, seven, England were playing some really good cricket you know the they won the Ashes back in 2005 and the batsmen were coming in with were doing really well so you just had to keep your form as good as you could and hopefully you know try and get another chance but as we said that never really happened and then back in Yorkshire um, how was that period for yourself I know there was a few contractual issues debates going on um, did it unsettle you no, from a playing not, perspective? Uh, not really. I think my form were, were pretty good. Um, again, we'd gone through a bit of a tough um, period as a team. We weren't really winning as much as we should have done. Um, a few players were leaving. Um, Darren Lehman uh, left. Michael Lum had gone. A few others. So at that time, I was coming towards the end of my contract and I just felt that we'd taken our eye off the ball from a cricketing perspective. Um, and you know, kind of wanted to explore what else was out there. Um, so that was the kind of issue around the contract. But pretty quickly, within a few months, things changed at the club. Um, Darren Goff came, Darren came, Goff back. came yeah. back. Martin Moxon came from Durham. Um, we'd made some signings in Jason Gillespie, Eunice Khan, Jack Rudolph. Um, so it kind of changed. So as soon as I knew that was happening. Um, you know, I wanted to stay because uh, it, it, it all boiled down to really the cricket inside. Um, so fortunately, you know, that did happen, and, and I extended my contract and and stayed there, you know, for the rest of my playing days. And then you became this, the the captain again of the club in two thousand and nine. Yeah, that's right. So a second stint. Now, you only had you only took the role there for one year. Can you just talk a little bit about yeah, that circumstance? I'd I'd kind of captained quite a bit before that but in an unofficial capacity when Craig White had been captain and Darren Goff um, so I guess it was natural really for me to take over um, officially in 2009 um, my batting really faded off the latter part of the year started really well and I were getting to an age where I thought you know we had got Andrew Gale coming through who was going to be the next captain um, and I just thought it was a, a good time to really step down even though I'd done it officially for just one year I'd, I'd had captain quite a bit as I'd said um, and I just made the call I remember sitting down with Martin Moxon and, and we, we just chatted through and I just thought it was best for the team to concentrate on batting and, and pass it on to someone else so um, I guess bittersweet in a way because you don't want to give up the captaincy uh, especially when it had been interrupted before but I think you've got to look at what's best for the team and, and how to get the best kind of out of my batting really so that's how the decision came about. And then in 2013, um, retirement. Injuries? Yeah, uh, I had a sciatic nerve problem um, in 2011 I think it was which really hit me more than I thought it would do. I shouldn't have really played that season. I was in quite a lot of pain. Um, so that had a, an effect. And then my last season, 2-12, was, was a good one. We got promotion back to Division 1. But I'd been struggling with my thumb um, for a while as well. And it was coming to a, a period where it were affecting not just games, but playing as well. Um, so again, you know, seeing the specialist and um, 
really had to make a call um, and unfortunately I couldn't really go on any further so um, a good way to bow out in terms of getting promotion and, and back up to Division 1 but I think it was you know in hindsight the right time to, to go. So how did you cope with retirement? I know I've read a few articles going about that you've mentioned in some press articles that was a slight void in your life mm. you played for Yorkshire at, from such a young age one man club etc yeah. all the way through and then all of a sudden it's over it was tough I mean I, I think we we see a lot now with sports people coming out especially when they've been at one place for a long time and you know going back to signing professional at 16 and then you know being there for 20 years at one club um, the routine that comes with training every day being told where to be uh, part of a dressing room part of part of a family really to, for that to stop um, is quite hard to deal with and, and it literally does stop the day you, you leave um, so it, the first few months weren't too bad it was actually the start of the next season when it kind of hits you you're so not a cricket anymore back, yeah. um, and I remember getting invited to the first game of the next season um, and you know, waking up that morning, realising I wasn't going to be going to play, uh, it was quite hard to take. And even though you try and uh, plan as much as you can for when you finish, I think it's just a kind of shock to the system and mentally, um, you know, you're not part of this club anymore. Uh, even though you're still, you know, encouraged to go back, um, you've got to really focus on the next part of your your life and I think you've got to realise nothing's ever going to replace playing it's just impossible with the highs, the lows, the adrenaline um, camaraderie the yeah, dressing room, dressing room. Um, so you've got to try and get to grips with it as soon as you can really and, and it affects all different parts of your life, you know, your family uh, your relationships um, just your normal day to day stuff so it did take me a while to, to get my head around it you did take on then a, a mentoring uh, capacity uh, at Yorkshire mm. um, to aid players going through a similar situation. Yeah. Um, how did that role come about then? Um, again, just we chats with the club. Um, I was doing a little bit of media stuff, but I think you know through the PCA and and the club, we just felt there were a void of when players get injured and the kind of feel on their own getting left out of the team, uh, retiring, uh, finishing the contracts. It was just really for me to be someone there to speak to them who have been through you know, quite a lot of them situations to bridge that gap. So that's how it kind of came about. It wasn't really a formal position. It was just really, um, you know, if someone really needed to call on the end of the phone, go and meet for a coffee, etc. Um, and then that kind of developed into going back coaching. Yeah, and you said the coaching, 2016, Essex came calling. Um, how did that come about? Uh, Chris Silverwood was the head coach. Yeah, I'd just taken over. I'd coached at Yorkshire the previous two years on a part-time basis, and I kind of got the coaching bug, really, from when I started. It wasn't something I, I kind of aspired to, if I'm being honest, from when I played. But then when I got into coaching, I really enjoyed it. So I'd, I'd kind of got some experience through the Yorkshire age groups and then second and first team with Yorkshire. And um, yeah, 2016, um, a position came for Essex batting coach, assistant coach. 
Silvers, who I'd played with at Yorkshire, had taken over as head coach. And he just rung up saying, do you fancy putting your CV in and coming for an interview? So that's kind of how it all happened. Um, came down and interviewed in the room above. And then um, about a few weeks later, got the call to say, you've got the job. And a successful partnership because in 2017, Essex win the, the county championship. Yeah, I, it's, you know, I've loved my, this is my fifth year here now. 2016, we got promoted to division two. And then I think we shocked everyone by by winning Division One our first year up. So, um, you know, as I say, um, the the two years of work with Chris was superb. Learned a lot, and we're getting well together. And um, I guess it was no surprise when when England came calling for him. You know, as a bowling role, and he's and he's gone on now to obviously be head coach. So, um, yeah, looking back, um, there were good times. And you said when he moved on to uh, coach England the chance came for you to become head coach of, of Essex. Mm. Did you feel ready? Yeah, it was one of them where you, you don't really know till you do it. I mean, I'd, I'd been assistant for, for two years, know the club, knew the players, but it was one of them where you think, will the club try and go for someone more experienced for another couple of years and then maybe I might get a chance. Um, but again, when I got the call to say, would you do the job? I, I just thought I couldn't really turn it down. Great opportunity. Um, as I said, knew the place, which helped. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't think twice really. I had to chat through with family, but it was never going to be enough. And then again, um, a very successful call that because in 2019, you win the championship, you win the T20 blast. Um, a huge honour for yourself to, to, to lead the county. Yeah, I mean, 2018 was, uh, we didn't win anything my first season. Uh, but I thought we did we did okay. We kind of acquitted ourselves well and just didn't get over the line. But last season was, yeah, amazing, really. I mean, the players were superb. We were always up there with the, with the championship. Um, you know, after losing the first game, we, we were undefeated, so we are always in the running with Somerset. But the T20 was was um, a, certainly a roller coaster. You know, the first part of the competition we were pretty poor, to, to put it mildly, and then we managed to put a run together. And you always want to be in positions come the end of the season to, you know, be in a position to win a trophy and to be in a position to win two going into the last week of the season um, was a, a really great position to be in. But it brought a lot of pressure, I think, on everyone. You know, we knew going to finals day, two days later, we'd go down to Taunton, top two teams head to head. It was always going to be a, an emotionally charged week because you could come out of it with nothing, um, you know, and everyone would have been really deflated or, or two trophies, and and that's what that's what we got, you know, the experience of finals day and playing as well as we did on the biggest stage, and then for the players to get back up for it down at Taunton and manage to get over the line down there was probably the best week I've had in cricket really. It was a, a brilliant week, even though it was a, a long week and everyone was uh, really knackered after it. But A um, word on that Somerset game. I know the majority <laughs> of it was rained off on the last day. Yeah. When you got skittled out, how it, were the motions? Uh, yeah, all over the place, to be honest. So because it rained for the majority, I mean, most people were saying, oh, you've done it now. I remember getting text messages saying, congratulations, you know, you're not going to play enough. And then within an hour, we've been balled out. 
you're thinking the way cricket's gone this year, you know, with the Super over in the World Cup final and uh, how the Ashes have gone, you're thinking surely Somerset can't bowl us out in the next hour. So nerves were jangling, um, you know, for both players and coaches. Um, but yeah, I think it was, you know, someone like Alistair Cook going in there with all the experience he's got um, to have him there. Um, the players spirit and character I think shone through really even though it was a going to be a long shot for Somerset to to bowl you out you just never know so um, it, even though it was only 16 overs it seemed like 666 overs but we managed to get there and he said a word on Alistair Cook I know a lot of your side um, that won the championship um, there's a lot of consistency and selection from the yeah. team that won in 2017 but the addition of Alistair Cook having retired from England um, a massive help for you in terms of experience yeah and average 45 yeah I mean look his, his runs are obviously important um, but when you've got you know someone who's scored that amount of runs England's leading scorer in test cricket captain very successful when you have someone like that in the side you know the the other players you know will just rub off him as well he's got so much experience he's such a calming influence in the dressing room and on the field um, it's just such a an asset to have and we're very lucky to have him and then a word on um, that going Ravi Bopara and Ryan Tenderskater who's now not the Red Bull captain for, for the upcoming season a word on those two yeah Ravi first I mean it's a it's a shame he's gone obviously he's been at Essex all his career um, in particular last year the way he played in, in T20 the last seven or eight games he was absolutely unbelievable some of the innings um, getting us over the line you know both setting targets and chasing them down you know he's bowling as well um, he's going to be severely missed um, I know he's you know he's playing all the franchise cricket around the world so it's something you know we're going to have to hopefully fill it's going to be difficult to fill because he's he's a great player and a lot of experience so sad to see him go but I'm sure um, you know, once he once he comes up against us, hopefully the lads will be trying to get one over him. But he's always, you know, welcome back here. And Ryan, um, yeah, I mean, he's been a superb captain. Um, I mean, it was totally his decision to step down. He's been so successful, and a bit like Alistair, really. You know, he's that type of guy. Everyone respects him. Uh, everyone will follow him. His performances speak for themselves. Um, and again, to have someone like him in the dressing room, the younger players in particular, to look up to how he trains, how he looks after himself. Um, hopefully, he'll play for another year or two, so we, you know we'll get his expertise in that side. But again, these are going to be big players when when they do leave. The Alistair Cook and Ryan, as I said, Ravi's gone now, so um, we just got to. Um, hopefully they'll be with us for another couple of years and get the most out of them as, as we can. And in terms of like picking a new captain, I know Tom Wesley has now taken the reins for the upcoming season, um, but how does that actually come about? Um, give us a bit of insight into that. Yeah, so last year we had two captains, obviously Simon Harmer captain our T20 side, um, having Ryan captained all three. Um, I think you know, Ryan at the age he was, I think we knew he wasn't going to go on forever. So we thought that one of the competitions that would give us a um, an idea or an insight into how another person would captain. Um, Tom Wesley had been the club vice captain, you know, throughout. Um, 
and when it came to the stage where Ryan were going to stand down, the call really was who's going to take over from Ryan? Would we use Simon? Or did we think it would work best with two captains? And I think the decision overall was um, in this day and age, we thought that would be the best fit. So Tom being vice captain of the Red Bull team, he would take over that team and, and the 50 overs. Uh, because Simon's away at the 100 and Simon had continued to do T20 and I think energy-wise, you know, giving people a bit of a, a, a mental break as well from captaincy because it is a hard job in cricket. The captain has a lot of responsibility um, and, you know, for them to, to keep the performances high, uh, we just thought two captains is probably the best way to go about it. In terms of the off-season, um Again, can you give us a little bit of insight what actually goes on in terms of your you know, preparation, the way you work with the coaches, you know, away from ongoing eyes as such? Yeah, so season normally finishes end of September, so the, the lads will do um, their end of season fitness tests and then they get about six, seven weeks off. So, so when the actual champion, when everything finishes in September, you put them on like a, a fitness test? So they, yeah, they have a fitness test to right, see okay. if they've lost kind of the fitness through the season right, okay. and then from there the um, strength and conditioner physios put together a program for them so they'll have six or seven weeks off come back in mid-november and then they'll have a fitness program all the way through to march so some guys go away and play franchise cricket or lions or um, playing for other teams abroad the rest of the guys will stay here at chelmsford so they'll train um, Monday to Friday um, in the gym or the indoor school. So the players are away, do you have contact with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll um, they all send in their fitness data, they'll be heart rate monitors and, and so on. So regular um, contact with the guys who are away. Um, some guys are preparing for tournaments, so they might have a little bit of a different programme to someone who's going to go and play in South Africa for four or five months. Um, so the guys back in Chelmsford will have a little bit of break at Christmas and then after Christmas normally the cricket stage comes in so more skills work as well as the fitness and that's all building up to our pre-season tour which normally happens early March. Then Where are you going this year? Um, so we go to Abu Dhabi for a couple of weeks um, and that'll be more of a training camp and then we have a week in uh, Sri Lanka which is the um, kind of yeah. curtain raiser yeah. for the season yeah MCC um, and then we have three weeks when we get back before our game at Yorkshire so from from March really building up to the Yorkshire game it's it's really getting the lads playing cricket playing outside hopefully the weather's good when we get back and just really gearing up for that first match and as you look ahead to the season obviously there's a lot being said about um, the amount of cricket mm. that actually gets played but from a head coach's perspective what is your views it's tough There's for the player players. management. Yeah, it's tough because we've got another competition this year in the 100. 100 yeah. uh, there's international cricket going on, so we do ask a lot of the players, uh, you know, physically and mentally. So it's really looking at the schedule, using the squad as, um, as well as we can, you know, trying to keep on top of injuries, uh, resting players at the right time certain players play in certain competitions so it's just a matter of juggling it all together and, and as you say trying to manage it uh, as well as you can certain elements of guesswork because you're guessing how players are going to perform at certain times um, but we've got 
I think good evidence on the players we've got. As you mentioned earlier, we, we're pretty consistent in the teams we put out. We're pretty consistent with our squad. So it's just really trying to use the old data we've got and the evidence we've got and trying to manage the players as best we can through the year. And then a prediction for the Nisa. Um I mean, it's <laughs> going to be difficult to, to follow next uh, yeah. last year, sorry. But, I mean, every coach will probably say we're going to the, the old cliche, we're going to win every trophy, but we literally do, you know, we... We try, you know, we, we we really do try and target each competition equally. You know, a lot of people have said we 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 really target the red ball and don't worry about white ball. But we, you know, it's just we haven't been playing well enough in white ball cricket. So yeah, look, I mean, I'd love to. What emphasis going to be put on that? None. I mean, as I say, we 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 will target each competition equally. I mean, there's this chat this year that the 50 over competition is is going to be slightly downgraded because of the hundred and it might not be as important, but I can honestly tell you that we'll be going all out to win that competition because it's a trophy for us to win. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I could predict in terms of trophies won, but we will, you know, be doing our utmost, as I said, to, to try and be as successful as we can in each comp. Perfect. Uh, Anthony, really appreciate your time no today. Problem. Thank you. Uh, fantastic career and uh, all the best with the coaching coming up and the season ahead. Thank you. So Neil Kagram, Cricket Illustrious, Anthony McGrath. Thank you. Cheers.